What's up, everybody? We got Lazarus Ross coming on here today. We're going to talk about your body and making sure that the inside feels just as good as the outside and making sure that you do that deep work to know exactly who you are and be a man of purpose and live with purpose. So check out the episode with Lazarus Roth right here, guys. Hello, listeners. My name is Clay Smelter, and this is the Purpose Infused Brotherhood Podcast, a podcast that brings driven men together to be the best version of themselves by building, battling, and bonding together, where men can build foundations of strength in themselves and the relationships they have with others, where men can battle through life's everyday work-life balance struggles to be the best version of themselves, and where men can bond together as a family to lift each other up through ownership and accountability. I'm not here to tell you who you are, but you are here to learn from the many men who share the same vision to be the best version of themselves every single day. The two greatest questions every man has is, am I good enough and do I have what it takes? This is the podcast for you and other men to come in order to be able to answer those two questions with a hell yes. So get your mind, body, and soul ready for this week's episode. All right, what's up, everybody? This is uh, Clay Smeltzer. This is the Purpose Infused Brotherhood Podcast. Guys, I'm super excited to have Lazarus Ross here of Insight Fit Group. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of things today. One of those big words that's going to come up here today is balance. Lazarus, say what's up. Give the people a little bit of information about you, a little bit of background, man. What's going on today? Hey, what's up, Clay? Uh, Thanks for having me on. Hello, everyone. My name is Lazarus Ross, and I live in uh, Round Rock, Texas, for your, those of y'all who aren't familiar, that's right north of Austin, Texas. Uh, I've been a coach for, shoot, about nine years now, started fit, fitness coaching. I still do a lot of fitness coaching, and Clay and I came across each other because we got connected by someone who uh, connected us through, because we both do uh, mm-hmm. men's purpose work. So long story short, I've been coaching for, like I said, nine years, a lot of general fitness coaching online and a lot of competition prep coaching other bodybuilders. I've also been a, a competitive bodybuilder myself doing, doing shows and things like that. Yeah. I saw some of your pictures, dude. You were jacked. <laughs> Thanks man. That's awesome. Thank you. So yeah, that's me. Uh, I, I incorporate a lot of shadow work or deep inner child mm. work with, with my clients, whether the clients be men or women. And so, uh, fitness i like to integrate fitness from the crown to the ground because what one of the things i learned throughout my life is i was using fitness as a cover-up for a lot of the pain that i was experiencing on the inside so i in my coaching i uh help people get over the pain on the inside so they can uh create what they want on the outside of their life yeah that's powerful man and 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 i love that because i mean i was in that you know uh, i've been divorced twice and and I used fitness and work. I just went to the and grinded it out in the gym. That's all it did. You know, and I kind of lived there. I worked and then I gymmed it up. And just because I was feeling all this pain, all this frustration, I was feeling this, all this hurt. And that was a way for me to be able to get that out. Um, Again, I love that because it is fitness can be a big cover up uh, for, for a lot of different things. Um, So so, tell us some of the things that you have seen speaking on that part of fitness being a cover up for men. Is there any examples or anything that you, that you have or, or situations that really kind of 
points this out or some type of situation where you, you can say, hey, you know, all right, this is one of those things that is a fitness cover up. Maybe I should be looking at this. Maybe I should uh, move past this or maybe I should utilize this in a better way for men. Well, uh, yeah, in general, I'm, man, I'll use my own what I've learned about myself. You know, the term I actually made a, a video about this yesterday on TikTok. Uh, so I, I'm sure you're familiar with the term train the pain away. Mm hmm. Okay, so what I learned about training the pain away and how emotions actually work is a lot of times people use fitness as a cover up. And this is what I, I noticed that I was doing for years and why I'm no longer I did my first body, my last bodybuilding competition in June. And this is why is because what I learned about training the pain away is that a lot of times we have these experiences in life, these emotional we have either experienced some something emotional or we have some traumatic type of experience and we really don't want to deal with that. Yeah. pain or deal with what is coming up so what happens is uh if you if take a look at a imagine a lion chasing a, a an impala so if a lion chases an impala and the impala gets away if, if you're watching national geographic or something you see that impala that impala will immediately stop and it shakes everything off so what that impala is doing is shaking off the traumatic experience of being chased by the lion so the impala will still go out and graze. But what humans do is we have these traumatic experiences and instead of experience shaking that trauma off immediately, we've been taught by, you know, don't cry, that's weak, <laughs> this and that, all those kinds of things oh, yeah. to not, not allow ourselves to experience those emotions. So we push those emotions down and automatically what the human body does is because the human body is designed to keep us safe. The creator designed our bodies to keep us safe what our body does is push those emotions and push those that tra traumatic experience down into the nervous system and into different muscles and organs, mainly the nervous system and organs. So our body stores these traumatic experiences. And when we do that, it creates a subconscious program that creates a way of being that keeps people locked in cycles and keeps people doing things that they really don't. A lot of times they don't know that they are doing them or they do know that they're doing them but they just think this is a way of being because life is this way and I have to be this yeah. way in order to feel safe. So what I noticed that I was doing was training the pain away, building this physique by going to the gym and pushing down all of this pain. But what in reality, what was happening is the pain wasn't going away mm -hmm. because I was still being able to be easily triggered by little things that made me mad. I still had serious outbursts and, and that felt uncontrollable. And a lot of times I would not speak up. I was, wouldn't use my voice. And finally, it was like a pot that was boiling and boiled over and the Hulk would come out. Yeah. Well, that was because I was training the pain, suppressing the pain instead of expressing it. And that's what happens a lot with the training the pain away. It's a suppression of the anger. It's a suppression of uh, these negative emotions instead of an, a real expression. And another thing I learned about trauma is that if we push these emotions down, our brain will create new. So imagine there's a road. This road is trauma. This is a neural pathway. Mm -hmm. So then you have trauma. If we suppress it the and we don't experience that emotion for long enough, basically our brain will put up a roadblock yeah. for this trauma road, but that road is still there. It hasn't been cleared mm -hmm. and, and it will bypass trauma. So the bypass, it creates a new neural pathway that goes around the trauma until that trauma is triggered by something. Correct, yeah. And so when that trauma is again triggered by something, 
been been a new uh, way a way of being that has been suppressed for it could be decades can come out and hit somebody in the face and cause them to be yeah. acting a way that they thought they had healed. This happened to me when I got married. Yeah. So I know, and 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 then I learned how this actually works in the brain. Yeah. 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 That was, that was one of the big, like, that's awesome because as you're talking about that, I'm going through like my anxiety, my anxiety story or, or time. It, it, like right. I'm 41 now at 35, I had a panic attack uh, based upon anxiety, all of those different things. But, but prior to that, I didn't tell people I dealt with anxiety as bad as I did for 15 years. So I yeah. suppressed it. I just kept pushing it down, pushing it back. Why did I feel bad at times? Why did I do this? Why did I do that? Like, well, yeah, it makes total sense of what you do because it's going internal. We always talk about in the brotherhood about you got to step in so you can step up. And what that means is you got to step into yourself so you can step up to lead yourself. You know, if we don't yeah. go into, if we don't go into it and, and for me to get to where I am now and to feel, feel what I have now, do I deal with anxiety still? Absolutely. You probably deal with some of the same things. They come up, but we can handle right. it in a better way and not suppress it. Because one of the things that I did as I was going through my turmoil and, and really got to that point of that midlife crisis at 35 was like, I tried to be somebody else for everybody else and nobody for myself. Well, the problem right. with that is, is I was, I was suppressing everything I didn't want to deal with. Like, you know, I was trying to be this Mr. Activity, this strong guy to everybody else. And the more that I tried to be this other person, the more I didn't want to deal with my feelings and what feelings of what I actually felt about myself and the things that I didn't want to deal with. So I was trying to be strong, but at the same time, the more I tried to be strong with my, myself, the more I was becoming weak as myself right. because those yep. insecurities were getting even larger. And then it just exploded. Like you said, it exploded on, yep. in a, a panic attack over a TV show. And it's like, man, I, I, I can't deal with this. So give us a little bit more into that internal. Cause you talk, cause you said the word shadow. And in order for me yeah. to get to a point where I could look in the mirror again and say, hey, I love you, I could, I could be confident and clear about who I was and, and really understand, because you work with purposeful men as well, to right. where I could actually reveal and state my purpose, I had to dive into my shadow. So go, talk a little bit about shadow and that kind of shadow work, because I love that. Yeah. Uh, so that has a sh the shadow, man, that has a lot to do with balance. So everybody... Pretty much everyone knows what the yin and yang symbol looks like. So the shadow is the black part of the yang. Uh, so the yin and the yang symbols balance, and it symbols the it, it symbolizes uh, masculine and feminine energy as well. So when I talk about the shadow, I'm I'm specifically speaking of all of the things that most of us have been taught to deem as bad parts of ourselves, things that we have done in our lives that we that we aren't so proud of. Uh, experiences that we ha have had that made us act out in ways that we aren't proud of. This is the shadow part of ourselves. So being able to look at the items that we have, the things that we have done in our lives that we aren't proud of, being able to really go into those experiences and understand why we had those experiences, what those experience, experiences were teaching us. Because in a lot of those those experiences, yeah. they really, really suck. And you're like, how could this experience <laughs> teach me anything? But the reason people get so, uh, reason I was so angry at myself, mainly, I was angry at myself through, uh, now I can tell you I was angry at myself based, 
um, beliefs that I created when I was younger. I mean, as, as small as a little kid, I created yep. beliefs that nobody had to tell me to have these beliefs. These were beliefs that I created based on what my life experience was, though a lot of that life experience was some heavy stuff that made me create these beliefs. So I was mad at myself for creating these beliefs and then living into living life based on these beliefs, which in a lot of my life, it showed up in quitting. It showed up in self-sabotage. It mm -hmm. showed up in not good enough and not believing in myself. So I was upset at myself and I was projecting all of this anger onto a lot of other people. But what I really had to do was not be mad at myself anymore. And then I could realize and learn that I had lessons to learn from those experiences and that everybody else who contributed to those experiences, yo, they had some stuff that happened to them too that made them act out in a quote, bad way yeah. that contributed to my experience with them. So the shadow work involves uh, going deep into our experiences and being able to look at them so we can transcend the negative feelings around them and uh, integrate the shadow with the light. Yeah. Being becoming, you know, I grew up in a very religious household and the word holy, uh, what I learned the word holy meant was, you know, you follow everything by the book of what the religion taught you. But the if the really the real meaning of holy means to be a whole person. Mm -hmm. And if a person doesn't understand their shadows, if a person doesn't understand themselves, because through understanding the shadows, we understand it's self-knowledge. Oh, yeah. It's Something happens in the in in my life, and then it triggers me to be this certain way. Yep. I have a thought about myself, and then it creates me to act a certain way. That's self knowledge. So, in a lot of times, these subconscious programs, they you have a certain feeling about yourself, i.e., not good enough, mm -hmm. and then it creates a a the feeling of not good enough will create an action, such as with me, the action was shut down and hide out. I don't want to be seen. I feel guilty. I feel shameful. Shut down, hide out. I don't want anybody to see me. So when I learned that, you know, then it was to how, how did I, how do you come out of that? Well, you have to do something different. What's yeah. the opposite of shut down and hide out, stay open and show up anyway. And if you do that, that becomes a habit. And that's how you solidify a new belief. So it's understanding the self, the self-knowledge that a person can gain for themselves can help them create a new person, mm -hmm. but they have to be willing to look at the shadow Abs first. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I love, I look, I love this conversation. Have you ever read um, outside or dark side of the light chasers by Debbie Ford? Not yet. Sounds like All a right. Good it is awesome. It's actually one that allowed now, now Debbie Ford has passed away, but man, she has great work in shadow work. Um, yeah. That's a book that, uh, that, Man, it just took it, it allowed me to open up to all the stuff I didn't like about myself. You know, for me, anxiety, uh, shame, uh, anger, uh, fear, uh, all yeah. those different things it allowed me to open up and be like, yo, that's a part of me. You know what I mean? Like, I can't get rid of anxiety, but that's a part of me. That's and when I yeah. look back at it, I look back at my life, man, I have used anxiety to kick butt. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I'm as an athlete, I was an athlete in high school and college. And as an athlete, I use anxiety every single time I stepped up to the plate or they're like, you know, so I pitched, I, I was a pitcher and catcher. So they're like, Clay, dude, you got three outs, bases are loaded. You got not three outs because then the inning would be over. Oh, yeah. You got two outs, bases are loaded. Like we need an out, come on the mound and pitch. I'm like, dude, it's me game time. Let's go. Like, you know, if it's, if it's football, 
you know, as an outside linebacker, they're like, hey, ball's coming to you. I'm like, let's do it. Like, I'm going to smash some faces here. You know, let's go. And I use my anxiety to benefit me. It was the same thing. But once for me, my anxiety and that fear and that shadow really crept into me, into my subconscious, into that program I kept telling myself and that story I kept telling myself when athletics was over. Because I, I broke my thumb in college and couldn't play baseball anymore. And so when that was done, like I didn't, I wasn't testing my anxiety all every time. My anxiety wasn't there. I wasn't using it. I wasn't using it, but the chemicals were still releasing into me. Yep. So just like you said, once you find out what's really happening inside of your own body and internally, then you can actually deal with some of those things. So once I did that, one of the other things that as, as you were talking about, about shadow, which I love, is that the word come up for me is ownership. And in order for you to know exactly who you are and live the life that you really want to live, you have to take ownership of all of that stuff, all of your shadow. Yeah. Just an example for me, like anxiety, I had to own it. Like I didn't want to tell anybody because I thought people were going to think I was weak. The problem was I was telling myself I was weak and thinking other people were going to think that too. Then when right. I went and told my wife, she's like, no, why would I think you're weak? You're, you're going through something. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, it's like, I was mirroring onto everybody else, just like you said, you were mirroring onto everybody else our insecurities in, in that. Yep. So to me, that ownership piece, when you start owning exactly who you are and showing up in the world exactly who you are, dude, life gets freaking awesome then. Then you, you don't have all these words. Like, I'm just going to be Clay Smelter. You're going to be Lazarus. I'm going to be Clay Smelter. We're going to show up. We're going to do our thing. That's what we're doing right now, which is awesome. Yeah. So not, let, um, go ahead. So, so when you say that, uh, you know, the ownership part, what comes up for me uh, for this may help it land for some others, mm -hmm. you know, like not blaming other people. Because when you understand your shadow, you know, all the life experience that contributes to how you act and how you show up, you can take, like Clay said, you can take ownership and stop blaming other people. Yeah. I had an experience when I was like five or six years old at church after church, uh, a deacon or one of the men told me, no matter how good you are during the day, no matter how good anybody, any adult tells you you are, your parents tell you you are, anybody like that, no matter how good you are during the day, you did something God didn't like. So when you, at night, you need to make sure when you go home, you, uh, you say your prayers and you repent and you ask God for forgiveness. Because if you don't and you die in your sleep, you'll go to hell. Somebody told me this <laughs> five or six years Dude, old. That's so messed up, man. This, yeah, it's messed up. So. <laughs> I was five or six years old and, you know, five years or six years old, you're looking at adults, like adults yeah. know everything. So I took that to heart and I didn't realize that contributed to my, my whole not good enough story. Mm -hmm. Dude, that was, that ran my life for 30 years until last yeah. March. And mm. I didn't realize that something like that contributed that heavily yeah. to me not believing in myself and me thinking I'm not good enough and shooting myself in the foot and doing all of this stuff. So I could, if I didn't do this work, I could point at that person and say, they made yeah. me believe I'm not good enough, but I didn't have to buy into that Correct. belief. Yeah. You know? So when I know that I can, like you said, I can own it. I can take responsibility. Yeah. I can stop blaming other people. And I have the power back in my hands. You yeah. can't, you can't have power in your hands. If you're constantly giving it away to other people by saying these other people are doing this to me. Correct. Yeah. Possible. Yeah. And that's, that's so true, man. And it's like, you know, when we look at it, I go back to when you were talking about that, I go back to the experience of like drive for when I was real little, as far as I can remember, we drive, I grew up in a trailer in the woods, like a single wide yeah. trailer in the woods. I grew up with money. Yeah. 
Like I was the okay. dude on the basketball, yeah. the basketball team that everybody else had matching shoes. They're like, oh, there's Clay. He ain't got no matching shoes. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Like, and I grew yeah. up like, whatever. That's what it is. Like, I live a good life. Like, I didn't, we didn't have a lot, but I lived a good life. And right. and the cool thing is, like, but I I listened to my parents drive around. I love my mom and dad. They're my heroes. I, I love them to death. But they drove around. Right. They gave me some bad things, bad stories that I was telling myself. I we drove around in our in our beat up car, or whatever we drove, and and a, like a BMW or Mercedes Benz or something like that. An expensive car would come out or pull out in front, and all I would hear is, "Oh yeah, you're just one of those rich assholes. You just do whatever I want because I got I drive a BMW." And I'm like, I heard that since I was little. I heard it like all the time. And I'm like, okay, rich people are jerks. Like, yeah, rich people are jerks. And like, the crazy thing is, is I'm still right now, and I work with a coach, Doctor Amanda Barrientes, on on money money things, and okay. she she's awesome with money blocks. Yeah, and I'm still uncovering money blocks from that story I heard when I was little. Like, yeah, and it's crazy because it's like you know when when we talk about business, you talk about stuff, you talk about those different things, like. I was always trapped in, I was trapped into that spot of people who have money are jerks. They can just do whatever they want to. Yeah. Until in my late twenties, I got around millionaires and billionaires. And I was like, these are some of the most giving people I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. I'm like it totally changed my story. So they're we're going to continue the opposite yeah. of that. Yeah. They're completely, completely the opposite. now there are some people I've met who have money. They're just jerks. You're just jerk, but that you were a jerk, but whether you had money or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but when I, you're going to continue to tell yourself and run the same story until something in your experiences change the story and make you go, Hmm, something's different about this. Maybe I should Maybe. look at this. You just have to be strong enough to look at it. And that's lots of times what we don't want to do. You, I, I, I said this, the, uh, one of the lessons I just turned 41, I did a podcast. Um, actually I just sent it out yesterday of top three things that I've learned in my 41 years. The one of them is you're going to continue to get the lesson until you learn the lesson. And I kept getting the lesson over and over again. I'm like, Oh my God, like I got to learn this. Dude. Financial trauma is a real, real thing. Huge. Yeah. You know, it's a real thing. And uh, that word trauma has been stigmatized and it's, it's pretty freaking, it's really a normal thing, man. It's just something that people have these experiences that make them feel unsafe and not mm -hmm. secure. And that shows up in a lot of ways. And that stuff goes really, really deep yeah. and it can run, it can run people's life, their entire life. And they never even realize it because they won't look at it because they, right. they don't want to be seen as being negative or living in the past. And it has nothing to do with being negative or living in the past, but it ha does have to do with looking at something that negative that happened in the past so you can understand it and you can heal what happened. Correct. You, know, you were speaking about anxiety. I used me. I used anger for everything. It was mm -hmm. anger was driving everything. And there's a quote that I, I made up. So anger can help you build, but it can't help you heal. Mm -hmm. Have you have you read um, Dr. David R. Hawkins' book, Power Versus Force. Power? No, I have not. Power Bro, you got to read it. Force, okay. You need I got to it written it. down. He breaks down levels of consciousness. He took the scientific method and applied the scientific method somehow to um, different levels of consciousness. And he mm -hmm. put them on a scale from zero to a thousand. Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, they were all up there like 700 to a thousand, which is like enlightenment. Yeah. And, um, uh, shame is 20 on the scale. It's Oof. the lowest 
It's the lowest vibration. <laughs> Guilt is right above that at 30. Then it goes up to like apathy. But anger, it, it doesn't start to become positive and become a positive emotion that can really help you change your life until 200, which is courage. Mm -hmm. Pride is 175. And you read the pride runs the United States Marine Corps. Yeah. Pride is like, I'll fight you over my football team. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. pride. That's 175. Anger is like 150. Anger's, mm. Anger feels a lot better than shame or guilt. Yeah. Which, which shame makes you want to kill yourself. Mm -hmm. You People cast it on the other people. Guilt. Um, guilt makes people think oh it's okay for me to go out and and use my religion to say it's okay to kill these other people mm -hmm. so a lot of people are taught from a very early age you should be ashamed of yourself they're taught to be shamed yeah and they have shame-based personalities which create shyness anger is so far higher than that it feels like it's positive it's positive yeah mm, that's good yeah so and it's not at 200 it's a 150 so it can help you build a lot of stuff it helped me build my body mm -hmm. i could have go pro could go could have gone pro if i wanted to but i realized where I, why i was doing competitions yeah and it was to prove that i wasn't good enough yeah yeah that proof, it was to prove that i was good enough it wasn't coming from a place that i am good enough so i stopped yeah so i built this body through anger this can be done with businesses. It can be done mm -hmm. with people going into relationships and people doing a lot of different things by using the consciousness level of anger because it feels so much better yeah. than guilt or shame. And and I, listen, I follow that, man. It, you you make me like sports, man. You made me man, dude. I was coming at you. It was good. Like right. you just up level, you know, like people talk trash and stuff like that. You know, I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. It's game on. I didn't sit there and talk. I just, I just went out and played, you know, right. and that's, that's the cool thing. Just like football, man. Man, I, I for whatever reason I was that crazy dude that you put a helmet on me and I was somebody different and like just don't touch like I just want to smash some faces you know and and that's the cool thing is that anger that anger allowed me to accomplish a lot of things but it also when those things weren't the same and and to accomplish in athletics what was it doing outside of that you know it, it, to me it was eating me inside like I would yeah. feel angry I wouldn't release that on that because. I, I didn't like, I didn't like that. I, you know, it, it, I would go release it at the gym, but I was still holding the emotion in to the anger that I was feeling from the feelings I didn't want to deal with. And then that caused, yeah. you know, at times, you know, with in, that, it raised anxiety levels for me and everything else like that too. So, um, dude, I, I love this conversation, man. Um, bomb on you real quick. Yeah, do it. So like I was saying, different emotions are held in different organs. Anger is primarily held in the liver. Mm. What do a lot of people with anger problems do? Drink. What, what organ does that hurt? Liver. So what's really the culprit? Is anger. it the alcohol? Exactly. <laughs> anger drives people yeah. to drink, which impacts the liver. The anger is being held in the liver, which drives mm. people to drink to soothe the liver. Mm. That's so good, man. Most, we've not been taught to look at the real core problem correct a lot of in a lot of our issues we're taught to look at surface level problems not the root cause correct anger also caused poisons the blood anger and resentment also poisons the blood and causes heart problems mm -hmm. what do a lot of what do a lot of high level bodybuilders die from heart because because it's uh, yeah of 
possibly using two steroids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anger drives people to build big bodies, use steroids to prove that they're good enough, mm-hmm. and then it impacts the heart. Yeah. And then they have blood clots. Some of the most fit people who eat the cleanest, they're the kindest, nicest people, but on the inside, their heart's jacked up and closed off. Yeah. That's good. Ah, was that you? I mean, this is this is a conclusion that I came to based on knowing, understanding, and know, now that I know this stuff, mm-hmm. and I've I've done the work to basically get this knowledge. These are conclusions that I came to. That's powerful too, and, man. And, and you know, this is one of the reasons I'm writing a book. Uh, but this is one of the reasons that you know I talk about anger a lot, and it, with bodybuilding, like I could have been, I could have gone down that road if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I, one of the reasons I didn't want to go pro is because if I wanted to be a competitive pro, I know what that requires. Yep. A lot. You know, that require you can't go be a competitive pro bodybuilder if you don't get on a lot of stuff. And I'm not saying that's, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's not a right or wrong yeah. thing. But I know what anger and that can do. Yeah. But is I've it, is it, it to way too many people? Yeah. Is it a for you thing? And the answer was no. Yeah. 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 So, and it's a, you know, have, have I really you, believe that a lot of, lot of people in general, but especially bodybuilders could benefit from doing the deep shadow work and re, instead yeah. of using the anger to push the weight or like power lifters have been taught to do. I have a buddy who's a power lifter. I interviewed him for my book. He told me this. They're taught to use controlled rage. So every time you get to the bar, they are taught to find an old thing that made them angry, that made them want to have rage so they could lift the weight. That means that they haven't done the work to release those emotions. They're holding those emotions. I don't have any anger when I go to the gym anymore. But what that means is they're they're still using old stored emotions to lift the weight. Correct. That's hurting them. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Have Have you ever heard of Stephanie Hammermeister? No. She was a she was a top um, women's bodybuilder. Okay. It was like Miss Olympia, is that it? Miss Olympia? Yeah, she yeah, yeah. that's she, it. Yeah. She won it like in a year, like crazy. Um, so okay. she went through all that. Um, was at the peak of peak of, basically the peak of um, her her journey there, and then was like, I'm done. Just was like, I can't mm. do it anymore. And one of the reasons yeah. was because her anxiety was so high. She was like she like you said, she was doing it for the wrong reasons. Her story is awesome. Yeah. I, w- I would suggest, you know, checking her out and, and following yeah. her um, and, and story and stuff like that, too. But yeah. that reminded uh, when I was talking with her about her story uh, and kind of what she went through with that, too. And it's, it's really about dealing with dealing with that internal and being able to do that. So let's transition that over to the purpose purpose piece. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we, we've talked about um, looking at those different internal pieces. We've talked about train the pain away. We've talked about, you know, suppress instead of express. Um, we talked about some of your story, my story, uh, balancing uh, in this. How does purpose come into all of this? And how do, how do you, and this is what we'll kind of wrap it up on, is how do you, or what do you say to other men and other people out there about purpose and how that aligns to who you are and what you do in your life? So, what, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, really, uh, for me, I run people through a process of looking at a few different things. Like how I discovered mine was understanding some things about my childhood, what I was doing when I was a kid, 
uh, what like what I was doing all the time when I was little. Like if I go, you go in my room, what was I doing? When I was outside, what was I doing? But then also looking at different parts of my life uh, that in childhood, uh, where where did I switch? Because when we're from the ages of one to seven, our personalities are pretty solidified, especially if no, if a person doesn't go into doing this sort of work. What a kid observes from the ages of one to seven, their brains are most impressionable. So they learn, they, they learn their language, they, they look at mom and dad and they see what the ways of being that mom and dad had and a lot of their personality gets solidified. So then from the ages of eight to 12, that stuff begins to really harden. And the ways of being that came from learning what happened from the ages of one to seven, they begin to, uh, to, to really harden and go into the personality. And a lot of times it will flip the authenticity of the, the human. So what I learned is uh, I learned, like I made the decision that bodybuilding would be a backup to football at a certain age because I had to wait to play football for years and years when I was a kid and I didn't understand it. But when I was eight years old, something happened and I remember crying on my back porch and in doing this work, I realized that I made a decision that bodybuilding would be a backup to football. So, and that I wasn't good enough to have life the way I wanted it to yeah. be. So when I realized this, I was able to start breaking down and what am I doing? I was three months out from competition. This was last March when I figured this out. And I was getting ready to go do this show and say, hey, I'm gonna go pro. Mm -hmm. And so like understanding purpose, uh, you really gotta understand, did you make decisions when you were, did you make decisions when you were a teenager or did you make decision, subconscious decisions when you were a kid? that have you doing what you're doing right now is possible yeah. because if I wouldn't have done this work, man, I'd be a pro bodybuilder right now mm -hmm. and I'd be bulking so I could get bigger <laughs> so I could go be a competitive pro. Yeah. Straight up. Or, you know, I'd be a pro right now. And that would be a lot of hand claps and praise and lads, you're doing so great. You're doing awesome. Your physique is good and everybody would be praising me and I would be happy standing standing somewhere, taking pictures and all of that stuff, oblivious to the fact that this isn't the real me. Yeah. Oh, oblivious. man, that was powerful. That's awesome. So purpose, uh, only, only a person who, purpose, nobody can tell anybody what their purpose is. Correct. You know, so what I tell people is do the work to really understand yourself at a very deep level, and then you'll know your purpose. Yeah. If you're listening. If you're doing the work, you're staying disciplined with doing the work, you're allowing yourself to lean in because it gets uncomfortable. There, it, gets, it gets to be a time where you, the resistance comes up. You don't <laughs> want to do the crying. You're tired of crying. Yeah. You know, I'm tired of crying. I'm tired of having these conversations. Every time I get it, I think I got it. And then there's something else that comes up that, yep. pow, hits me in the face. <laughs> and I think, totally know what you're doing, man. I totally, I totally get it. Been I there. know you do. And you think... <laughs> that oh i found it i got it and then something else comes along and you're you keep going down the road and you started to unravel so much stuff you could just wake up one morning and have a realization and yep. you weren't doing an exercise you can just wake up one morning and realize dang i've been yeah. being this way because of that yep. and then so then if you're really listening to so when when this stuff is really understood about self and a person allows himself to trust because with me I, I started to really, I made so many 
quote, mistakes through self-sabotage and quitting things, I didn't trust myself for so long. So if I didn't trust myself, how could I trust other people? And how could mm-hmm. I trust my intuition? You know, yep. God talks to everybody. So how, how could I trust my intuition if I didn't trust myself? I would say, oh, this is an idea that I have. How did I, I couldn't trust. There was a point where I couldn't trust what my brain was telling me because I'm like, I did that before and it was wrong. Yeah. Well, uncovering all of this stuff and leaning back into trust and being able to have real faith in, in your intuition, which is generally the first thing that comes to you, then you can start to listen to and understand what your purpose really is. And sometimes we have to go through all of this stuff to really uncover our purpose. You know, I still have, I'm still a fitness coach. I coach men, I coach women. Purposeful, powerful men is a part of my purpose. But the main thing is, is helping, uh, it, helping other people expand the limitless and loving light inside of them so they can be themselves and live their lives authentically with purpose. Yeah. That's my main purpose. And that has to do with men and women, whoever I impact. Sometimes it's going to come across as, dang, he's, he's not compassionate. That seems harsh. Okay, that's not, it, it, that might be how, I remember a few years ago, whenever I was in my crap, that's how I felt when I was looking at people who were standing in their purpose and in their power, yep. killing it. I, I unfollowed people because I looked at them and I was like, they don't understand me when yeah, they're yeah, the yeah. people who understood me the most. Correct. And, and, and there's one of the things is, in my life, I am glad. And the reason why I say the things I say and I say what is needed instead of what you want to hear is because yeah. I'm glad I had people in my life that were strong enough to tell me the things that I needed to hear instead of what I wanted to hear. And, yeah. and, and I'll give you an example. In my first divorce, it was like two weeks or so after I was part of a business team, my mentor there, he called me up on the phone, he left a message and said, listen, stop being a, a big fucking pussy, pick your ass up and move forward. Click. And I was like, I was man. I was like, this is, I was so angry at that message. I was like going to drive to his house and punch him in the face. And I'm like, five minutes later, I was like, dude, you're right. I'm like, cause all I'm doing is blaming. Like, I'm not taking any responsibility on myself. I'm not taking anything. I'm not looking at myself. What did, what, did, what am I doing? Where am I going? How am I dealing with this? I'm not doing any of that. I'm just blaming somebody else. And yeah. I'm glad because that was a pivot point in my life that I needed. And I didn't realize until like years later, how much he had to care about me in order and how much he had to, how much he loved me in order to say that to me. Yeah. Most people ain't willing to say that to me. Like, dude, I'm like, and, and so for me, and when we look at the brotherhood and stuff like that, like that's why we have the conversations in the brotherhood that we have is because that's what men need. That's what we need to be able to stay on purpose and live with purpose every single day. So man, I I appreciate it. And um, listen, what, 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 what you, Dude, what's your? Wow, this is an awesome conversation, man. So much is out of this, man. We can go on for hours. What is? Yeah, give us, give us some of your. And again, we don't have anything planned here. This is just a conversation that 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 flowed, and I love it. What can you say? What's your final thoughts? How about that? What's your final thoughts, man? If you had to give the, the golden nugget, what would that be? Oh man, uh, the golden nugget for, that is, if you have any semblance of I might not be living my purpose or there's some there's a higher possibility for even if you're freaking crushing life right now there's a higher possibility for you I don't just do surface level personal development I did surface level personal development for a a decade over a decade 
And in the last year and a half, I've learned more about myself at a deep level than I did in that, in that, the time frame before that yeah. from 2007 up until a year and a half ago, this year and a half, this last year and a half, I've learned more about myself and how I show up in the world in that time than I did all that time before <laughs> that. Don't just do surface level personal development. Get a coach, hire me, hire Clay, hire somebody that does the kind of work that we do and go deep to understand yeah. yourself at the deepest possible level and get the knowledge of yourself so you can understand the things that happened in your life. You can forgive them. You can understand the ways of being that came from those came from those experiences and then you can transform them. Yeah. Mm. That's my, you know, that's my biggest piece is like, know that you know yourself at the deepest possible level because most people go through life not doing that. Correct. And a lot of people do learn it, but they learn it the hard way and they don't get it <laughs> until they're 60 or 70. Yeah. And, and we don't want that. And, and that's what no. I love is, is whether it's you, whether it's me, go out and do what's necessary. And again, this is, this is anybody that's successful to not that success, whatever that range is. It doesn't yeah. matter if you were sitting here and you're going, Hey man, I don't, I can't, I can't clearly define my purpose. Then you need to find it. And sooner than later, because later means you've gone through your whole life and you look back with what ifs and we don't want you to have what ifs. So yeah, personality can be a big block. Personality just means persona and the base mm -hmm. the, what that means is a mask. Yeah, absolutely. Personality is malleable. Yep. And so we can play different roles and play different parts and put on, you know, put on different personalities. But the thing that has to be running it is authenticity. I right. can use my fitness. You know, you can, you, you're, you're a teacher. You can use that to help people. I can use my physique to show people what's possible, but I don't have to be using it in a negative ego way to, I look better than you because I, you know, I'm using this Correct. physique as I'm better than you. No, this is something that's possible for you. So come along with me, Correct. but still we're going to look like we can get you looking like this, but we're going to do the deep inner work. So the inside of you feels like the outside of you. Correct. Looks. Oh, that's awesome. The inside has to feel like the outside. That's yeah. awesome, man. Hey, Lazarus, where can they, where can people find you at, man? You can find me on LazarusRoss.com. Uh, if you want to uh, hit me up on men's work, you can go to ModernManMasculinity.com and um, if straight up fitness coaching, SustainableFitHacks.com. Nice. Awesome. And we'll have that in the show notes and stuff for you guys too. So Lazarus, I appreciate you, man. And what a conversation. Uh, I love it. And uh, we'll have a great kick-ass week, everybody. All right, brother. See you later. All right. Later.